Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one delightful page of Talmud every day. Friends, it has been two weeks, and our path in Masechet Eruvin has not always been easy and smooth. This is notoriously uh, one of the more dense, complicated tractates in the entire Talmud. And so, to help us here on the cusp of pages 14 and 15, some of the densest pages in the entire tractate, I figured it would be a good idea to bring in one of the world's premier authorities on the subject of Eruv to give us kind of a refresher, bird's eye view, graduate level course, if you will, on the subject of Eruvin. Hello to you, Rabbi Yaakov Taubas of Mount Sinai Jewish Center. Hi, Leo. How are you? I am doing very well, but I will be very grateful uh, if you were to take a deep breath and guide us through uh, a little bit of a, you know, repetition of what we have learned in the last two weeks and a little bit of a kind of a refresher and a little bit of a kind of an insight on the whole topic of Eruvs in general. Sure. Great to be on the show. I'm one of the world experts on uh, Erevin, but I have been dealing with a number of years. With growing up, uh, my father was very involved in uh, the area of my home community. And uh, with my past couple of years in two different communities, I've been involved. So a little bit of experience. As you noted, Erevin is one of the hardest mesechtas. I don't know if you know this. There's uh, uh, an acronym they say for the three hardest mesechtas and three hardest tractates in the entire Talmud are known as the Ani Masechtas. It's an acronym, Ayin Nun Yud, standing for Irvin, Nida, and Yavamos. So uh, Irvin's uh, the first of those, the first kind of really challenging Masechta that we come to in Dafyomi. Congratulations to everyone who's still with it, that you're still going through. You made it through Brachos and Shabbos. And congratulations that you've uh, you've made it into Irvin. You've made it this far. We are resilient. We're a tough bunch. So tell us, give us a little bit of a kind of a survey of the land. What are some of the things we've learned Thus far, uh, where are we in, in the story? The most important thing to understand about Irvin, as you've probably come to see, is that we're very interested in different kind of domains. You know, Irvin is, is about different kind of domains, different kind of rishuyot, and how we view them and how we combine them. I've, so some of the older translations of Mesechus um, Irvin, they sometimes uh, refer to it as amalgamations. It's kind of that uh, somewhat of an outdated word to describe Irvin is how we combine and how things are put together and how we view a Rishus. So as you've come to see, there's really a four different kind of domains that uh, Halacha is concerned about. Private domain, or Shura Yachid. Public domain, or Shura Rabin. A Carmelis, a Carmelit, which is this intermediate domain, neither public nor private, and Makom Pator, a place that's uh, neither this one nor that one, or doesn't fit into any of the other categories. And much of the Sechah thus far, and will be, is defining what happens with these Rishuyot and what happens, how do we define them, and how do you combine, make one Rishuyot into something else. Our modern Erevin, kind of the modern uh, concept of having an Erev which allows you to carry, that's the main prohibition that the Erevin is dealing with, is you're not allowed to carry in a Rishat in a public domain. This is one of the 39 Malachos of Shabbos, which we're familiar, very familiar with from Masechah Shabbos. And Erev came up quite a bit, carrying Hotzah, picking up, carrying something uh, for Amos, something we dealt with quite a bit in Masechah Shabbos. But now we have a whole Masechah dedicated to it. In our modern Erev, we're usually talking about what's called a Carmelis, a Carmelit, this space that is not a public domain, and it's not a private domain, but it's somewhere in between. And the rabbis allowed for you to carry in this domain. 
It's very interesting. Already in the time of the Kuzari, Yehuda Halevi, in his work, where he tells this story, this dialogue between a king who's uh, debating what faith to go to, and he's learning more about Judaism, he asks the rabbi, what is this business with Erev? What is this business with, you know, the, the God said you're not allowed to carry, and here you are, you come up with these loopholes of how to carry. If people remember a number of years ago, there was a uh, somewhat famous now, there was this thing on the Daily Show about the Erev in the Hamptons, I think. Right. And uh, they kind of making fun of the whole debate over there, as, as they do on that show. They point out Erev, I, I believe the line was Erev, an ancient rabbinic word to mock, to have a loophole in God's law. I think something like that was <laughs> the language. And it's funny because the king, already this is the Yudal Levi writing, uh, you know, 800 years ago, more than that, 100 years ago. Already kind of asking this question, the king asking, uh, isn't this just like a loophole? And a lot of it often seems you're reading, there's these very fine measurements and how you're combining, making an alleyway to be, uh, connect all the houses, to make in different kind of rishos. But what Ryuda Levy answers, and I think the answer is nowadays, well, this space is really, this pecomalist that we're talking about is really just uh, rabbinically prohibited to carry. And the same rabbis who said, you know, you shouldn't carry, we want to maintain some level of the biblical prohibition, even spaces where it's not a biblical prohibition, but they also created a way where if people who are together, if they're living near each other when carrying, the maybe perhaps not being able to carry would inhibit their ability to keep Shabbos, they wanted to make a way where people could carry. And that's certainly something you see in many communities, why the Arab is so important. Um, it's considered one of the first things a rabbi in a community, the Rambam writes, Maimonides writes that a person, that a rabbi, you know, is supposed to set up an Arab, if that's something that's possible, is because in many communities, it's necessary to build a community for people to go each other for meals they want to bring food. If you have children, uh, you can't push a baby carriage on Shabbos. You can't carry a baby on Shabbos. That an Eruv. So much of our the growth of our modern uh, modern Jewish communities and the bit of communities to thrive is built upon of having an Eruv. And building Eruv is not, uh, especially nowadays, a lot of complications. And it's just well, what, I, what I appreciate about learning these past couple dafim is that Eruvin is kind of one of the specialty topics. Just because someone who's learned it, someone who knows Jewish law, you don't get so many, can I say, so many questions about Erevin, but everyone knows an Erevin. Most people know the idea of an Erevin. A lot of people rely upon the Erevin, but they don't actually know how it works. So when you're kind of learning these pack couple pages and you see all the different measurements and the different conversations about what kind of areas require an Erevin and how you make it and what's necessary to go over an alleyway, and the type of walls that work. I always appreciate it because you know, I'm giving people a window into, yeah, this is some of the stuff you kind of have to know and something you may take for granted. You know, oh, it's just a string. It's just a wire. What's the, what's there? No, these are some of the questions that we have something to have to figure out when assessing where we can and can't make an error. Right. And so not only is this tractate precisely because, not in spite of its difficulty, I think reassuring because as exactly as you said, it teaches you how intricate and and worldly the discussion that goes into Erevin is, right? Because a, a lot of it is, you know, math, geometry, calculations mm -hmm. of space, etc. Mm -hmm. These are not just people who said, well, you know, we are reading the Torah and we think God says X, Y, Z. No, this is a very kind of, this is the scientific method approach. And the second thing that I personally, you know, really admire uh, about this particular tractate is the amount of, of time it devotes to 
space mm-hmm. to thinking about public space and private space and, and what do they mean? And, you know, so many of us think these days that life is virtual and life happens on Facebook or Twitter or on your phone. But to stop and think for a second that we are all embodied beings and we all are out there in the world and we should take a minute, even if the laws of Erevin have no real religious meaning to us, to stop and think about what these spaces mean, I think, is a blessing. Rabbi Yaakov Taubis, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. It was really great to be here. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes, Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.